0: Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan. Delighted that you've joined us today. Steetalker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steetalker.com. Get your free one page, 10 step guide to passive real estate investing. Hello, enlightened investors. It is a pleasure being with you today. I am your host, Dr. Allen, and I know you'll enjoy today's show as we dive into tidbits of knowledge. From an investor and developer who navigates the turbulent markets of Las Vegas, one of the nation's most volatile markets, Kevin Romney is the founder and managing director of Camino Verde Group, a firm he co-founded in 2019. He is responsible for underwriting, acquisitions, financing, legal, and operations. He acquires value-add properties and manages the repositioning and asset management. He also develops properties from the ground up, such as the development of the master plan community, Ephraim Crossing in rural Utah. Kevin, before we get into tidbits of knowledge from your vast experience, share with us a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be the person you are today.
1: Well, Dr. Allen, first of all, thank you for inviting me on the podcast today. I'm, I'm appreciative to be here. You know, my formative years, my father was self-employed and he always taught his kids to work. And so, you know, my first job was cleaning the bathrooms down at the warehouse. And then I, I graduated to filling up the vending machines. And then I was would unload trucks and then I'd get to drive the trucks. And so I think that experience from working with a family business, very tight knit, but also learning the value of hard work from a young age and doing that with integrity. And I think that that was probably, those experiences uh, shaped me to want to be an entrepreneur, want to run my own business. Later on, I graduated to be a salesperson and that I learned so much uh, as I was had a sales route and would travel and visit our customers and our clients You know, that experience, the whole experience of just learning the work ethic, learning the business, and then learning and wanting to to do that and replicate that in my own business was very strong in my formative years. Well,
0: it sounds like a real solid background for sure for an entrepreneur and something I'm sure you probably have relied on all throughout your life here. Well, let's get into real estate here and talk to us first of all about finding off-market properties.
1: Well, great. Yeah, I'll be glad to share with you. My partner and I started the uh, Camino Verde Group about two and a half years ago. And at the time, I had a, a renewable energy company. I was getting ready to sell that company. And I met with my partner, Mike Ballard, for breakfast one day and said, "You know, hey, I'm getting ready to sell this company. What am I going to do if I sell it? Mike was also a partner in Ascent Multifamily Accounting. They do the back office for about 40,000 units nationwide. And so he recommended, you know, he says, look, you know, we do the books for all of these folks that own these apartment communities. I see, you know, what kind of money they make. Let's, uh, you know, let's get involved in that business. So I did my due diligence and came back to Mike and I said, Mike, I'm ready to partner with you. Let's do it. So we started Camino Verde Group about two and a half years ago. We purchased our first property that was on market from a broker. But as we got that property closed, it was a 36 unit deal. Closing went smoothly. We were able to get it done, get it closed. And as we developed relationships with that particular broker, and he knew we could get deals done, he just began to, you know, we were on his short list of his preferred buyers, and he was able to bring us additional properties. We've since purchased about six additional properties here in Las Vegas, and every single one of those has been, with the exception of one perhaps, has been off market where this broker has brought us the deal and let us uh, take a look at it. And we prefer to purchase off-market if we can. It's just much easier if there's only one or two buyers looking at a deal as opposed to many, many looking at at a deal. And so that has been a big, big, big plus to us. We also purchased a property out in uh, Kentucky. And that one came to us through Mike's business. He deals with lots and lots of property management companies. And one of the properties management companies came to us and said, hey, we've got this 258-unit deal over here in Kentucky. You think it's a really strong deal. You know, we'd love you to take a look at it. And so we did, partnered with uh, some great mentors out of Austin, Texas, partnered on that deal, and were able to take down 258 units that we found, again, off-market with no other competitor in the Kentucky area. We've also gotten leads from insurance brokers. We, we've got a mortgage broker who has a spreadsheet of off-market deals that he allows us to peruse and, and to, to look at. And we're currently underwriting a lot of his deals. Attorneys, CPAs, uh, others, there's a lot of different ways to come up with properties and to find them. And if you can find them when they're not hitting the market yet, you generally have a much better deal of being able to purchase it and take that property down as opposed to once it hits the market, and now you've got a lot, a lot of different buyers and interested parties that are that are bidding on it. So we found that to be a great part of our success is being able to find and locate off-market uh, properties. It's been great.
0: Well, that's very interesting. I mean, I've heard a lot of ways and means of getting Off-market properties, but I've never heard anyone going quite so extensively with insurance brokers and mortgage brokers in particular. But it's interesting that most of your Las Vegas properties have actually come from one particular broker, and it was due to that initial relationship that you had with that one particular property. Good lessons there for us all to keep in mind, as we are all, I think, looking for off market properties in one way, shape, or form here. Well, you have worked with workforce housing, and there certainly is a shortage of workforce housing, but it can also come with particular challenges that other housing doesn't necessarily come to that. So how do you manage those challenges and how do you get your properties leased up?
1: Great, great question. Appreciate uh, your asking. So our properties here in Las Vegas, we have concentrated on one particular neighborhood in Las Vegas. It's in the shadow of the Strip. Uh, The properties are Class C workforce housing properties, and we have found various different ways to, to get those leased up. Uh, We lease to the general public uh, and do quite a bit of that. Our our property management companies, we've got two different companies. Both of them have great strengths in different areas, but they're very good at going out and and doing that. But also we have found that there are great, great community resources, especially right now through COVID and now that COVID is is coming to an end. But we've found working with the city, working with the county, working with some of the charitable groups here in town, I, I would encourage anyone to go and contact the city and contact county, there's lots and lots of dollars that are available through the CARES Act and through the stimulus funds to be able to, to help people with housing. During the pandemic, some of our renters didn't pay their rent. We were just like anybody else. We had some delinquencies. They certainly went up during the pandemic. But we found that if we could work with those individuals, if they would work with us and communicate with us, we could generally go out and find dollars that were available through the CARES Act or through other sources and help bring their rents current. And so we've made some great inroads and some progress in being able to learn how to do that. For example, the county, uh, Clark County here in Las Vegas, where we're at, has a, an initiative in uh, 2022. They want to find housing for 2022 homeless families. And so there's ways to plug into that to get involved in that. One of the properties that we purchased here actually has a master lease on it with uh, the U.S. Vets. And that's been a phenomenal opportunity where the whole property is leased by one master lease and then they manage the tenants and everything else. And we just get one check from one source. And we've been able to develop an excellent relationship with U.S. Vets. And there are other folks around like that that you can work with. And if you just dig around and find and ask, uh, you can find some great resources to be able to fill your properties and to be able to help potentially help some of your tenants if they are experiencing challenges and and difficulties during this time.
0: Yeah, I have heard that those funds vary tremendously from locale to locale. Not that the amount of funds varies so much, but the ability for various different communities to organize themselves in order to get those funds out to the locals has varied tremendously from location to location. It sounds like Las Vegas, though, has gotten their act together pretty quickly in conjunction with that.
1: They've been great to work with.
0: Yeah. Well, that's excellent. Other cities should follow their uh, example there. Well, so you talked about working with community resources in conjunction with workforce housing. But you're also a developer, and so from a developer's perspective, you are always working with your communities. Talk to us a little bit about those experiences.
1: Sure, be glad to. So We currently have about a little more than 450 units that we've purchased and acquired for value-add properties that we're repositioning and remodeling. On the development side, we're doing about 950 units from the ground up, most of those here in Las Vegas. Area where we have partnered with one of the largest affordable housing developers in the country. There, as you mentioned at the beginning of the the podcast, there's a huge shortage of affordable housing, and it's really a crisis in most of the major metro metropolitan areas across the country. So we've partnered with this major affordable housing developer, and we have two communities going up here in Las Vegas. We also have some communities in Southern California that we're involved in that are co-living opportunities that were four different properties there in the LA area. And then we have put together and have accumulated uh, and purchased about 140 acres in Ephraim, Utah. And Ephraim Utah is rural Utah. It's about uh, an hour and 15 minutes south of Provo Orem area in Utah County, which is just booming. It's just growing very, very quickly. And so Ephraim is also experiencing and benefiting from that growth. And there we have accumulated this acreage and we're in the process of building townhomes. Uh, We're also building single family homes and we've got parcels designated for multifamily as well. So you know, our development side of the business is doing very well, and we're very excited about the projects that we're working on.
0: Well, you have certainly been busy in the last two, two and a half years. Tremendous amount of ground that you have covered in a very short period of time there. So some of your projects have been seller financed. I don't know to what percentage of those are owner financed, but I know you do some of that. So- how do you negotiate that? How do you find sellers who are interested in doing seller financing?
1: Well, thanks for asking. On our community in Ephraim, Utah, we have done, as I said, we've acquired 140 acres, and that's come from about 12 different sellers. And some of those we've purchased through bank financing. But the majority of that, we have been able to work out seller finance opportunities with the seller. And I think the key to that is getting to know the seller and finding out what they need and what they want. And in this situation here, most of these parcels that we purchased were from farmers or from a second generation who had inherited the land from their parents. And, you know, we we just ask questions, you know, what, what do you want to do with the proceeds? Are you going to do a 1031 exchange and put it into another property? Or is this more perhaps your retirement fund? Is it going to be a tax burden for you if you receive all of this money all at once? Or would it be better to receive it if it was spread out over time? And as we ask those questions and work through with these individuals, we found that many of them are willing to take, you know, a 20% down payment and then take quarterly payments with a moderate interest rate for two or three years. We had one parcel we were able to negotiate 20% down and then a balloon payment in two years. We had another parcel where we were able to negotiate. Actually, they wanted to spread the the, the income over a a long period of time. So we were able to negotiate three years of interest only and then six years amortized with a balloon payment at the end of the ninth year. So we've been able to to put a lot of those deals together. One of our recent acquisitions in Nevada was a little small, small nine room motel out in Pahrump, Nevada, that we're, we're repositioning for residential living and fitting it in with one of our our tenants and one of our clients that that rents from us in Las Vegas. And again, we were able to negotiate a seller finance there. They had held the property for quite some time. And we were able to negotiate, you know, about 20% down and then payments over six years, uh, amortized over six years on that particular property. So I think the key to seller financing is just, just ask. Number one, it's ask. Number two, it's find out what your buyer needs and see if you can come to an agreement that meets their needs and fits your needs as well.
0: I'm just a little amazed at all that you are doing and wondering how it is that you get all of that done within a 24-hour day.
1: <laughs> well, I can tell you we're working long hours at the moment. We've, we've grown our team to about seven individuals, and we're looking to bring on additional folks. It's been a lot. We've been ex- We're excited about what we've accomplished. We're excited about what the future holds for us. And uh, But it is a lot of hard work and a lot of effort, and it will continue to be a lot of hard work and a lot of effort. So uh, we just keep at it and keep doing.
0: Well, it sounds like you definitely have some good systems in place in order to be able to manage all of that, which is quite extensive. I'm really impressed. Thank you. Well, you have mentioned before we got to the air here that you've had a lot of help from other individuals to get where you are today. So you've had mentors and you are also out there minting other individuals. Talk to us about those relationships
1: oh i'd I'd be delighted to so. We could absolutely not have done what we've done in the last two and a half years if it wasn't for great mentors and people who have taught us and helped us along the way. Mike's partners in his in the Ascent Multifamily Accounting business is a is a property management company, and they've been very very helpful in mentoring and teaching us along the way. I mentioned a, a company out of Austin, Texas, that we partnered with on the property in Kentucky, and I would get on the phone every Thursday morning at eight o'clock. I'd have a mentoring session with the owner of this group. And it just, I learned so much and they benefited to, uh, from it because we brought the, brought them a great property. We benefited because we couldn't have taken down that property at that point in time without someone else's help. And so, you know, the, the mentoring process has just benefited both sides. I, I mentioned another group, they're out of Dallas, Texas, the affordable housing developer. You know, they've been mentoring us and teaching us how to to do the affordable housing and the LIHTC projects and, you know, just great, great, phenomenal folks that are willing to give of their time and teach someone else how to succeed in the business. So we have been the benefit of, of many wonderful, wonderful people teaching us, you know, things that we, we didn't know and things that we needed to know. So trying to turn that around and now give back and pay it forward. We had a group that invested with us in two or three of, exactly three of our Las Vegas properties. We met them two years ago at a, at a real estate conference in Boston, Massachusetts, and they invested with us in three of our deals, and they said, you know, we're ready to go to the next level. We'd like to kind of do what you're doing. And they had found a property in Des Moines, Iowa, 48 units, and they brought it to us, and they said, you know, we, we, we don't quite know how to do every all of this stuff, and you've done it several, uh, many times now. Would you be willing to co-GP with us? And partner with us and the sponsorship team to be able to take down this property. So we uh, partnered with them and we were guarantors on the note and worked together. And uh, so just, I think it was uh, last month, we closed on 48 units in the Des Moines area where we helped mentor uh, another group, a couple out of Minnesota husband and wife group, just delightful, wonderful people. And we were able to help them and and pay forward a little bit some of those great helps that we had along the way. So we absolutely know that we couldn't have gotten here without the help of lots of other people. And because of that, we want to be able to help others as they fulfill their dreams in the real estate industry and reach for the stars and and uh, try and accomplish uh, their goals. So we're very open to that and always want to help. We have some other groups that we're mentoring and just want to help work with them as much as we can to pay back what others gave to us.
0: Sounds wonderful. I'm curious about your workforce housing developments that you're doing and this organization that you're working with. They've been at this for quite some time. I've had other guests who are working in that particular area and doing some interesting design work for workforce housing. So what is it that is unique about this group you're working with? What kind of designs are they bringing to the market? And what is it that they have to really offer the workforce housing?
1: Great question. One of the things that they do is that they, they build workforce housing that looks like market rate housing. It is a beautiful, beautiful product. With great amenities. Now, parts of the you know portion of the community is at market rate, but a, but a larger portion of it is is affordable. We have also partnered with them and are partnering with other local groups here in Las Vegas on a novel concept and a novel idea that we've we're still working on. We haven't we haven't entirely put it back together, but it's repositioning some of these vacant big boxes that are around the, the vacant Kmart's and the vacant you know some of these other big boxes that are in town and taking that and being able to put services and housing within the actual former building itself, but yet also being able to put some housing in the parking areas. Really? Because most wow. of those big boxes come with, you know, most of them come on eight to 10 to 12 acres. And so there's, there's great opportunities to be able to take that and reposition it and turn it into something great for the neighborhood where usually it's been an eyesore for the last, you know, some of these properties we've looked at have been vacant for 10 years. Yeah. And so if you can put them to good work, and put them to good use, it's, it's great. For, it's a win-win for everybody, the community, for us, and everybody else.
0: Yeah, tell me more about that, because there are those kind of big-box stores, I think, almost in every community in the country. So tell me about that.
1: Well, we're still working on it. We still haven't gotten all the pieces of the puzzle put together, but we've engaged an engineering group and a design group that have done some designs. What we want to do is to make it look new, modern, so we would replace the exterior, the facade, with something new and different. We've, we've looked at cutting holes in the roof for large skylights. Mm. We want there to be able to be plants and things that are green inside the buildings. You know, We've looked at uh, having a little cafe inside. We, we've looked at having uh, working with partners to bring in medical services, dental services, uh, we've looked at having a, a thrift shop, for example, where people can donate their used clothing that can be made available to some of these folks. And then we're we're looking at housing. Now it, it'll be small housing. It'll be, they won't be great big giant units, you know, probably between 250 to 350, 400 square feet where we can put families with children in one bedrooms. We'll all, also have some two bedrooms, we'll have some three bedrooms, but to be able to not necessarily transitional housing, but something where we can help put some of these folks that need housing and need a roof over their head. And we work with you know, some of the charitable entities that are here in town. And, and all those that we've spoke to are very willing, and they love this idea. It's, we're still, again, working on trying to put that together to find the right big box in the right area, the right neighborhood. But we've, we've made some great progress, and we hope that down the road here, we'll be able to, to say that we've completed that task and that we've, we're working uh, on uh, actually completing it. So.
0: Well, we'll have to stay in touch. I'm really curious as to how that comes together. It just sounds like a phenomenal idea for essentially wasted space at this particular time. So, And filling a need, a really big need. Well, Kevin, we're coming to the end of our program here. So tell our viewers and listeners how they can get in touch with you.
1: Great. You can reach me at my email address, which is kevin at CaminoVerdigroup.com. C-A-M-I-N-O-V-E-R-D-E group.com. Uh, you can also check out our website, www.caminoverdegroup.com. And if you want to see what we're doing up in uh, rural Utah in Ephraim, you can check out www.ephraimcrossing.com. And love to have anybody reach out to me that might be in, interested in investing in properties in, in the Las Vegas area or in the West. Um, feel free to to reach out and I try to get back to my emails within 24 hours. So look forward to hearing from you.
0: Well, Kevin, I have one more question. Uh, share with us one of your most difficult setbacks in life and how'd you come through that time and what did you learn from that?
1: You know, that's a, that's a great question. Dr. Allen, thanks for asking. it. I don't know that this is a really a setback it, in really at the time we thought it was a setback, but it, it, instead it's just been a huge phenomenal blessing to us. We've got seven children and our number five boy has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And when he was born, you know, boy, you, your mind just goes through all these questions. What, what is his future going to be like? And, you know, that was a, a difficult time and a difficult place in our lives. But as time has gone on, he has just been such a blessing to our family. Our kids, the other six kids just love him to death. And he's taught them all to be able to love unconditionally. And it's just been a marvelous a marvelous way to bring our family together and make us cohesive in one wonderful family unit. And so what what we thought was a setback, a challenge, a difficulty has actually turned out to be a great blessing in our lives.
0: Yeah, turning heartbreak into a blessing. Very interesting. Well, Kevin, it's been delightful. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for being on the show.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you again, Dr. Allen, for having me on the show, and I look forward to speaking with you again.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Tucker Capital.